Hey there, it's Craig from the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. We're going to be starting out with episode 98 shortly, but warning, it's part two. Back from episode 97, we started How to Find Your Weak Spot. So please, if you haven't listened to episode 97, How to Find Your Weak Spot, go back and do that now. You'll get the most value out of the message and the most information to help you implement it immediately. Now on to part two. Welcome back to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansell. We are now into episode 98, How to Find Your Weak Spot, Part 2. Make sure that you listen to 97 first so that 98 doesn't catch you off guard. There's a lot of valuable content back in 97. But first, a quick review from Part 1. We talked about personal networks. That's our neighbors, our social friends. We have to be aware of our networks, both personally and professionally. When I talk about professionally, I mean our work colleagues, coworkers, and the management we work with and report to. If our networks are not as strong as we once thought they were, we can have negative influences affecting us, and they can become part of our weak spot. For example, if there's one or more toxic people in them. Our networks are part of our external surroundings, and they also represent our external stimulus. They should be supportive and uplifting, providing guidance when you have challenges in life, but they aren't always so. To learn more about your personal and professional networks in Episode 98, Part 1, go back and give that a shot first. So many different platforms there are for communication. There are in-person, phone, text, email, dozens of social media sites. Then for work, there are virtual calls, some with video, and some audio only. For many of these forms, you use your body language, and that body language is key to effectively and successfully conveying your message. Then I wrapped up briefly talking about our word choice and being uncomfortable with silence. Being uncomfortable may cause us to ramble on and not make us select the best words when it comes time to convey our message. If you notice a critical fault in your message or your delivery, there's no time like the present when you're in that conversation to stop and correct that word choice so as not to offend anyone or misrelay information. You know, you have a very powerful weapon and it's your mouth. You have the ability to choose the words you say and the words you don't. That's right, the words you don't. You heard me correctly. That's followed by some quotes that I've heard over the years. I don't know who the authors are, though. Here's one or two of them. A sharp tongue has a tendency to say very critical things to people. People are quick to judge but slow to correct themselves. Wow. Okay. It's okay to pause and use silence. It shows control and that you have command of the conversation. That was a very powerful reminder to what was in part one and a great lead in to part two. Here we are with episode 98, how to find your weak spot part two. We last spoke about the powers of word choice and silence. 
If you're unaware of these powers, or if they're incorrectly used, you can run into run-on conversations. And the conversational gaps get filled with, you guessed it, filler words. In fact, I spent an entire episode on this point, which we'll briefly discuss here. But you can go back to episode 55, getting rid of um, uh, and filler words, so that you can do a deep dive and get additional tips on how to avoid them. When I did the research for that show, I knew about filler words, and I'm continuously on a journey to focus on minimizing their use, if not removing them, from my daily speech. I was educated because there I knew the common words such as um, uh, and so. But what I didn't know was the usage of crutch words. These are words we use when we think we need a filler word to fill in the gap where silence would naturally be present. In fact, go to my website, craigancel.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-A-N-C-E-L.com. Then click on the resources tab and you can grab a great freebie there, which is about filler words. And check out the one dozen other freebies. We have great content to help you accelerate your career growth. So I love to learn from my mistakes and lessons learned. And when I do, I frequently share them with you so that you can maximize your career growth while spending minimal time on the effort. In essence, the title of my podcast, Career Growth Made Easy. You know, regardless if you're an individual contributor or in management, it's important to not only know you have limitations to know what they are. Pauses in conversation can be extremely useful, but they can feel unnatural and uncomfortable. And that's where the um, uh, and filler words come in. Presentations and meetings have gotten a bad rap too. Enter books such as Death by PowerPoint and Death by Meetings. Yes, those are real books, believed or not. I believe I've read them both over the years, and the title at first caught me off guard. They were both short books, but it, they both drove points home for different reasons. In one of the books, they talk about the fact that you simply don't have an agenda when you attend a meeting. Not only is there not a schedule for timekeeping or time saving, but also there's not content laid out so it flows in a step or sequential matter. So talking about that, we need to learn and seek out feedback. We need to get this feedback from our successes and when we have challenges. You might be surprised by how others perceive you. You should use your constructive feedback to create focused plans for training, coaching, or mentoring. By the way, your outward communication can include body language, which is posture, your vocal strengths, and your word choice. Are you aware of how your confidence is perceived by others? Your eye contact, posture, focus, and awareness of your audience's body language all play key roles. If you present, consider making your presentations interactive. That means stop and conduct brief check-ins. If you have a rapport with one or more of the attendees, use it to your advantage. During a portion of your meeting, pause, respectfully call them, and ask them for a reference. Say something that they've contributed to your past meeting content or work from their group has done well to help you focus on the bigger picture, which is also the goal of the meeting. 
Here, you're engaging with them, respectively having them contribute to the meeting. But I'll tell you why there's a reason you're doing this. Not only to keep that particular person engaged, but if you do this occasionally, it will naturally keep others in the meeting engaged. They won't want to miss the content that's being shared, and they never will know if you're going to call on them. They don't want to be seen as someone that's out of touch with the meeting content or look ill-prepared. I briefly spoke about conducting meetings and being the leader of a meeting for a specific purpose, and it's a good segue too. You need to be able to have concise, focused thoughts and an agenda, intentional content that you're going to speak about or speak to during your meetings. If you have trouble clearly and concisely stating your messaging during a conversation, much less a meeting, do you think you'll have trouble conveying your message on paper? By paper, I mean physical paper, like resumes and cover letters, but also virtually, such as email and text. We often type like we talk. While there's nothing wrong with that, it tends to lead to a more conversational approach, and for these documents I mentioned, they're meant to be more brief, especially with regards to text messaging. Next, followed by email. Stop and think for a second. Have you ever opened an email and noticed it spanned more than one screen? So you scrolled a couple times and said or thought to yourself, I'll get to that later. I know I have, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you use conversational language in your texts and your emails, you're unlikely to get responses. And if you do get responses, they'll be very unlikely to contain quality responses. And what I mean by that is, if you ask questions in your email or text, it's highly unlikely they'll be effectively answered. The same goes if you were sharing information rather than asking questions. If the recipient has to work too hard to locate the necessary information that is relevant to them, they'll likely just shut down and move on. You may or may not get a response. If you've ever gotten a response that frustrated you, or worse yet, angered you, because you thought or said to yourself, didn't you read my text or email? I already answered that. Then you can now understand what I mean. Hopefully you're smiling on the other end of this microphone. Here's the kicker. If I've connected with you on this topic, I hope I have your full attention. Answer my following question. What word is this the definition for? Continuing to do the same things and expecting different results. I'll repeat that. If you continue to do the same things and expect different results, what word is that definition from? Do you know? Are you stumped? Or are you shouting it back to me through your speakers? Here it is. It's insanity. That's continuing to do the same things and expecting different results. Yes, that's right. The bottom line, in order to get different results, you need to change or modify your behavior and your actions. When we're talking about stopping the overload, when it comes to email and text, you've come to the right place for easy-to-implement solutions. I can't believe it, but this was the topic of Episode 3, Overloaded by Email and Text. I recommend you go back and listen to that show, too. I shared some personal examples that you may be able to relate to, but I also have a great tip-packed freebie for you to download. 
I promise it's got some of my best tips and hints in there that you can print out and use immediately both for work and your personal needs. So go back to episode three, give that a listen, and grab the free download. That leads us into another topic I mentioned earlier, and it was at the close of the prior episode, part one. If you or someone you know is dealing with unemployment gaps or bouncing from job to job, it may be because you don't know you're exposing a weakness or two too frequently. What if you could identify those weaknesses and turn them into strengths? That's right. You can turn your knowledge, your diversity, your uniqueness into strengths. If you're currently unemployed, or have moved around from job to job, you may feel like you're in an unstoppable downward spiral. You need to know how to handle your unemployment gaps when it comes to resumes. And yes, before you ask, there is a way to do it and do it well. Especially now with the resurgence of COVID and the effects of worldwide layoffs, reduced hours, and downsizing. It's all about your messaging. In this case, you need to summon up your courage Maybe check your networks and make sure you have a positive reinforcing shield around you. From there, sit back and document all your training, your education, your knowledge, your experience. In fact, it's a funny statement, but you you know what others don't. I'll say that again. You know what others don't. (laughs) And that's right. I said it that way intentionally. We each have a diverse makeup, background, knowledge, and experience base. In fact, two people that went through the exact same trainings and even some of the same life experiences can look at situations differently. For you, that means looking at things as a positive, as positively as you can. Pull out every last lick of information you have when you're applying for your next job or a promotion. The key, the key is to not use all that information, but to have it at the ready so you can pull from it, from that vast treasure chest of information. From there, make sure you speak to the hiring company. That means understanding them and what they stand for. You can check their website for their vision or mission statement. If you can't find that, look at their online customer testimonials. What are people saying about them, their product or service? Keep reading and taking in all those notes until you get it. You have that light bulb moment that suddenly happens, that aha moment where you feel connected. I've told some of my resume masterclass students and my one-on-one virtual coaching clients, it's the point where you feel almost as if you're connected, almost as if you work there already. I think it's almost as if you are writing an endorsement or were an employee working there and you're totally tuned into their message and what they stand for. It's a mindset shift, I know, and it might sound funny if you're sitting there unemployed saying, but Craig, I've applied to three or four companies in the past or even more, and I'm not hearing back. I'm sorry that's happening to you, and yes, I've been there and gone through that. So I empathize with you, and I've come out on the other side positively. I want you to do the same thing, and as quickly as you can, and as effectively as you can, with minimal pain and minimal struggle. That's why I'm sharing this career growth content on my podcast and my website. So knowing what that other company stands for, feeling as if you work there is going to help you. It's going to help you filter out what goes on your resume so that you can catch their eye, which signals read on, and it will help you filter out what gets removed. 
If you remember earlier in this two-part podcast, I talked about our natural fear of silence and the use of filler words in conversations. It also affects us in paper, including virtually when we send texts and email. For resumes, you may feel like you have so much to say. You just don't know where to start, and you may not know where to stop. If that's you, no problem. Go back and listen to this two-part series over and over. There will be a point where you get it. Do you remember my 3P rule I mentioned about powerfully placed pauses? You'll start to use it in your conversations, and then, seeing the results, start to use it in your writing. I mentioned earlier it's natural to feel afraid or fearful of silence. Using powerfully placed pauses will help you. It's about your word choice, and it's okay to pause before speaking and continuing. Meaning, once you pause... You're now thinking about how I can make my point more clearly and get to the point more quickly instead of using non-value-added wording. Rather than a resume, here's an email example. Hi, John. I hope you're doing well. I wanted to know if I could ask you a question. We've been having trouble with one of our machines, and we need some help here. I hope you can help me. If not, I'm unsure where to turn. Our 8000P printer is malfunctioning. Have you ever had trouble with it yourself? We can't get it to print out any documents. If you don't know, that's okay. If you do, please let me know how I can fix it. Otherwise, please let me know who I might be able to turn to. That's not bad, okay? It does get the point across, but it's a little lengthy. And I've written emails similar to that in the past. But let's see how we can change that up. Hi, John. I hope you're doing well. I have a question for you about our 8000P printer. It's malfunctioning and displaying the message, Network Air cannot find server. Do you have any ideas how to resolve this? Thank you, Craig. In our first example for the email, there were three sentences that literally had no value. I wanted to know if I could ask you a question. We've been having trouble with one of our machines and need some help. You are leading into the point, but it's ambiguous. Then, I hope you can help me. If not, I'm not sure where to turn. Doesn't need to be said. Now, don't get me wrong. I've said it and been there. Just improving as I get my education on and my career growth with you. While this is a simple email example, you can easily use it and any of these tips in my free download to help you for spoken conversations, email, and even resumes. Just think about being concise with your messaging. If this information you're sharing, regardless of the medium, is not necessary to get your point across, then simply remove it. By the way, if you need help with your resume and don't know where to turn, I have plenty of other episodes to help you. Just research the keyword resume. Finally, if you'd like more help, it can be in the form of my online resume masterclass. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to get there and review it or through direct one-on-one virtual coaching with yours truly. Having been in a reduction in force, I know what it's like to be unemployed. One day I was working towards 12 years of dedicated service to my company, and the next day I was jobless, lost, and confused. Not only did I not know where my resume was, I had no idea the last time I updated it. Therefore, I can truly sympathize with you. From that day, I swore to never get behind when it came to my resume, 
cover letters, or staying current with high-performance growth. And since that fateful day, I've interviewed and worked with dozens of human resource specialists, job recruiters, and hiring managers. My Resume Masterclass has unlocked the do's and don'ts when it comes to first-time resume creation, updating, or even implementing a total redesign. And if you'd feel better working one-on-one, I offer that coaching service as well. I hope this two-part mini-series, How to Find Your Weak Spot, has helped you and given you some food for thought when it comes to your different forms of communication. And if you're struggling out there looking for work, please don't hesitate to contact me. You can reach me at email, craig at craigansell.com. We're on social media, at Craig Ansell for LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check my website for the various resume, cover letter, and coaching resources, as well as a dozen plus freebies for you to download. Please help us network and get the word out. For 2022, we're looking to just go exponential with our growth and help as many people as we can. I know the world needs it, and I'm slowly getting additional feedback, and it's telling me we need to grow and help others out there. I look forward to talking to you next week with episode 99 as we get oh so close to episode 100. We're going to blow the doors off and surprise you with some great new content and some special new formats coming out. Don't forget we're also on YouTube, so yet another platform to find us on. You have a great week ahead. God bless you. I've been Craig Ansell, your host, proudly supporting Career Growth Made Easy. See ya.